0: Hello and welcome to Motorsport Now. My name is Jay Paveley and today's guest is none other than Louise Aiken walker MBE. I was so privileged and happy to have interviewed Louise. She's a super busy lady, so I was really happy to pin her down for this interview. For those of you who don't know who Louise is, she's an absolute massive deal in the rallying community. She started her rallying career in 1979, when unknowingly to her, her brothers entered her into a -a find-a-lady rally driver competition, and there was 2,000 entrants, and she was the one who won. She then had a 14-year rallying career, and during those years, she was the first woman to win a national rally outright. She survived, quote-unquote, a horrific crash in Portugal, and that accident was big if you find it on youtube watch it it's so scary and we do talk about that in the interview and she also became the first ever british driver to win a world title the fia ladies world rally championship massive massive deal and when you listen to this interview you will hear what a fighter she is and how she really just got on with it she really did give it to the boys and really just drove the socks off everything she drove if you have a look on her EWRC profile, which you can just Google EWRC Louise Aiken Walker, you'll see the variety of cars that she drove and the amount of manufacturers that she drove for. Before I start this interview, which is an absolute brilliant interview, may I just add, um, do follow uh, my social media pages for any updates on my current career. And if you want to get in touch about supporting me for my 2021 season, that'll be amazing. At J Paveley Motorsport is my social media. And if you could, I'll be really, really grateful if you could just subscribe to this podcast and also leave a comment. I'd really, really appreciate it just to get me up the ranks of these motorsport podcasts. That'd be really, really brilliant. Thank you so much. Without further ado, here is Louise Aiken Walker. The first question I want to ask you, apparently it was your brothers that set you up to be a rally driver. It's very similar to me because my brothers didn't want to do it, so I ended up doing it.
1: But it's a bit different. Yeah, yeah it is a difference. Uh, uh, the two brothers were very interested in motorsport and they had rally cars, but all the girls had horses. Living on a farm was easy because you know, you didn't have such expense to have horses there. And um, I loved the horses and the two brothers they were into vehicles, Land Rovers and things, driving them about the fields. So really I drove from a very young age and they were into rallying and they found a competition for a, a lady rally driver and they entered my name without me knowing actually. Um, so when I, it was quite a surprise when I got the letter from Ford Motor Company to go um, to one of the uh, competitions in Glasgow. And from there on, I got through into that Thankfully, I had Andrew Cameron to help me the day before and he showed me a few tricks of the trade, should I say, and uh, we got through into the final in Scarborough and I was part of 15 uh, ladies to go into a final to do a championship, six races and six rallies in a Ford Fiesta. So that's how it's all started.
0: Did you find the horse riding helped with the rallying because of like holding your nerve and just being focused how do you think that complemented it or did it not?
1: Yeah I think it did I think it it gives you a sense of balance it gives you a sense of um, awareness Um, your reactions are maybe slightly quicker you know you're just a little bit sharper because if you get a sharp horse you're on the ground before you know it and (laughs) you have to be ready for it and you've got to kind of push yourself, you know, um, I'm not a rider that just plods along, I like, I like to uh, get the best out of the horse in the, in the best possible way, so yeah, I think I've pushed myself uh, and that's actually helped in motorsport.
0: 100%, I think you're a braver person than me horse riding, I think you're very brave anyway, you can't steer a horse but I guess you can in a different way but you can't okay. turn it off.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like riding a bike, honestly, once you get used to them, then you never you never lose it. Yeah, the only thing that happens is your nerve goes when you get older.
0: Is that similar to the rallying? Because you've got a family, you've got businesses now, and you've kind of been there, seen there, done it. Is that maybe why you don't miss it so much?
1: Uh, oh, the first two years was it was like terrible. Really, withdrawal symptoms. God, it was awful. I just, I just, uh, I just found it very difficult to um, get involved again, you know, when people say, oh, come and help us here and whatever. Um, And then I I did really miss it. But now, you know, I have a different life, children, I run a livery yard. um, So I'm really quite busy, but I like being busy. You know, I don't want to just sit down and and grow old. I, I love to do what I'm doing. Um, so I'm very fortunate, and yeah. I think that's taken taken the edge away from motorsport. You know, what did you miss? Did you did
0: you miss like the social side, the adrenaline? What what was it you kind of missed about it?
1: No, I never missed the adrenaline because I was always uh, <laughs> it was a bit scary. But I think I I definitely missed the company. I missed I missed all the friends being around them all and the the hype and the and the competition and yeah I suppose there's the adrenaline rush as well you, you do miss it it's like a drug and uh, you know when it when it's all emptied out it's it's pretty lonely when you when you when you just cut everything off you know
0: yeah I think a lot of people have gonna have felt that during lockdown just not seeing the people and yeah getting that hype so looking at the amount of cars that you drove and Obviously, you drove for some. You, you drove for manufacturers. You drove for big teams. What was your favourite car that you drove?
1: There's, there's a few. It's, 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 it's quite a. It's, a, it's a hard question that because everybody just, it just suited me to, to a tee. And just before then, I had a, a, a teammate called Michael Sundström, and he said, "If you are my teammate, you are going to drive this properly." and I went oh right okay so he took me for the afternoon in Kilda and he just transformed me it was it was an amazing transformation that day and I, I just loved being in control I loved to you know I loved the competition it was great it was great fun.
0: In that car did you say so you really gelled with that car in your job because your teammate suggested you need to drive it properly as he said what things did you take away from that, that maybe you thought at that point you needed to learn? Was there any particular things that you thought was really valuable that you learned from him in particular?
1: Yeah, I learned not to be as timid. I was far too timid. I, broke, I braked too early. Uh, I, I didn't re- relax enough on the corners. And, and he says, just believe in yourself. And he gave me the belief that I could do this. And yeah, it was a massive, massive help.
0: Amazing. And that year just having a look at the EWRC results, were you sitting with Ellen Morgan for that
1: yes, time? Yeah. Late Ellen Morgan. She was through cancer, which was which is very unfortunate. But she was she was a great, great friend as well as a, a great co driver.
0: Really sorry to hear about Ellen. That's that's really, really sad. With her being your co-driver, you said she was a good friend. What are your key attributes, do you think, with that relationship between yourself and the navigator? What would you say, why did
1: you want her? Well, actually, we came together by default, really, because Ellen was co-driving for another girl in this championship. And at the end of the championship, I was to carry on and have a full season. And Ellen actually came up and said, look, if you need a co-driver, I'll I'll beager one and uh as Ellen would in a in a nice light hearted way, she wasn't pushy at all. And Ellen had an awful lot of experience. The co driver that I had didn't have so much experience. Um and she tried, bless her, to pack as much as she could, but Ellen probably was the, the, the choice and the right choice. Um and we just got on like a house on fire. She was like a motherly figure as well as a, uh, an excellent co-driver.
0: She sounds like a really perfect friend and a navigator. Looking at one of the rallies that you did, just picking out one of many that you did, Lombard RAC 89, you were competing against Carla Science, Ari Battenen, um, Gwyn Daff, Hannah McCullough. There's just so many legendary people and you're up there with all of them, which is fantastic. But did you know at the time how key those events were and how legendary to think of a better word those type of drivers and how special you doing those kind of events would be
1: yeah yeah I, I, I did you know when you, when you go out there you do it you, you actually do it for yourself and your team and uh, our concentration is to get the class win obviously the ladies award to get as much publicity I mean we're not going to get an overall result but it's far as we can get up that leaderboard we are just going to help ourselves for the following years to come and uh, I think was that the year that we broke down in Yorkshire? Just skimming through that there might have been an engine problem? Well, were one year with the 205 yeah if you look at the leaderboard we were on seventh in the leaderboard I think uh, it was it was amazing and uh, Hanu no Marco Alain had gone off into a log pile and pushed all these logs across the road. And when we came, the oil the, the, the log had burst a hole in the oil cooler and we lost all the oil and we had about three or four stages to go and we would have been sixth overall and, and I mean that would be that would that was in the two oh five. I I you know to finish the cartel in second place behind Pente Auricola. And have four-wheel drives behind us. You know that was that was a that was a great result. And I I know I don't like to blow my own trumpet, but it's a long time ago now, and it, and it was a good result.
0: And brilliant results, absolutely incredible. Just the cars that you're up against, and also the experience. I mean, you hadn't had yes, you had done a few seasons fair play, but you are also against people who had also equally had as much and way more experience as well. And I think it's interesting that you said that you had to gain that self-belief maybe before you got faster would you say for you that was quite a key thing to help you improve overall
1: absolutely the best thing for me was for people to actually show me how to drive a car don't don't tell me how to do it show me how to do it and just the belief in how the car would get round a corner if you went maybe five or six miles an hour quicker um and and I, you know, I, I, I tried to instil that into my daughter as well. I said, I can't tell you how to to drive a car, but I can show you how to do it. Um, and I, I mean, she did. She picked up quite a bit. Uh, and I think that was the easiest thing for me to adapt, to, to get her to adapt to becoming a, a quick driver, you know.
0: Is she still competing or was she competing before lockdown?
1: She, she was she was just about um, going to retire because it's so expensive and up in Scotland here there's you know it's it there's some great rallies but it, it's it's quite rough up in uh, up in the north and it was just expensive to fix the cars and so she's um, she's doing a few bits and pieces for uh, Paul Swift and other people like that so. At least she's had the experience and she knows how to drive a car. So if she wants to come back into the motorsport, then I don't I don't see there'll be a problem.
0: Is it something she picked up herself or did you secretly want one of your children to give oh, it a go?
1: Definitely not.
0: I definitely not. She
1: might have been quicker than I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, when they were kids, we had a quad bike and they were on the quad bike and, They had buggies and they were all, they were brought up with uh, machines, you know, motor uh, cars and stuff like that. And we would have the odd auto test friends over and it was very relaxed. And yeah, she just wanted to follow my footsteps, I suppose, um, which I was very proud of, but it's just, it was so expensive. So, you know, if she had a break like I did, she would have been as good as I was.
0: Very luck to her fingers crossed and it comes her way
1: yeah yeah We'll, we'll see we'll see she's taking a she's taking another step into life now she's um training training hard to become a, a stunt uh woman oh wicked but i don't know actually i think that's a lot more dangerous because that includes horses rock climbing you know deep sea diving and oh yeah. no no so it's going to take a long time before she qualifies, but uh, it'll be, it, it will be an amazing uh, life.
0: There's no roll cages in that. I'm, yeah, that sounds quite so, very brave of her. <laughs> I must ask you about your accident in Portugal, because I said before we started recording, I watched a video on YouTube of that accident where I believe from what they said, you complained and then just went over the edge and ended up in some water. Can you just tell us about that?
1: Well, that was the most horrendous accident obviously we, we've had. Um, I don't know, I had a, I just had a really weird feeling in Portugal. Anyway, we, 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 we spent over about a fortnight uh, wrecking, and on the morning of that rally, so we did the special stage at night, and then we went to bed up early in the morning, so it was maybe the third or fourth stage, and I was in it was beautiful, beautiful weather, and the heavens just opened to a massive storm of hailstones and things and Of course, they didn't stop the rally; they just had to carry on and Unfortunately, we came down this track, and there was that much water we just aquaplaned straight off the cliff, and Tina I was starting to shout but. She, uh, you know, it was just horrendous. We just kept on bouncing and bouncing and bouncing. I thought, oh, sugar, what's what's going to happen here? And Tina was trying to tell me that there was water. But she reverted into her Swedish. <laughs> she started <laughs> just... I thought, oh. and And um, then I heard just a mumble. And just the water hit us like, a, like... oh, it was icy cold. And uh, oh, it was just horrendous because it was upside down and all the glass was out of the car, so it was instantly filled. And uh, Tina knew what was happening because you know I was on the left-hand side of the car, and she uh, she managed how how she got out through the back. Remember that the 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 two um, seats are there and the roll cage crossbar, and you know if 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 that that uh, rear screen had been in. It just turns my stomach now to think about that. But I did go down. uh, I was still stuck in the car really until the car hit the bottom, which was black, dark, icy cold, bloody scary. And um, you know, you you ended up having to inhale water and you thought, oh Christ, this is it. But for some strange reason, I undid my seatbelts and managed to get out my driver's window and I remember breathing in the water, and it was like a washing machine swirling round your lungs. And I, I just had seconds to get out, but I, I kept on swimming like hell. And I thought, "Pray to God that Tina's up here." And that's that's what I was thinking. Mm. And when I saw her, I, I just the relief was just oh. And I was I was I got I managed to get to the the side. Um, we were both in hospital we both were in shock but we we went on to live and fight another day in Corsica which is probably the worst place you could go it's so dangerous in Corsica cliffs and things like that and we went to actually get our best result and uh, we were lying sixth overall couldn't believe it what a recovery for us and the camp uh, belt broke on the second last stage we had one more stage to do when we just needed to kind of bob along we just needed to drive through that stage and and i thought oh god this is so trying for us anyway we did we did we managed to uh, fight another day again went to italy then gb and and got the title eventually but it wasn't easy <laughs>
0: i'd say that's pretty pretty horrific and amazing that you've got that mentality of just getting back up on the horse back back in the car and just plowing on and just
1: probably where the horses come into you know you you, you, you never you can never let a horse go in the stable when you when it's throwing you off you have to get back and fight but our team uh, manager was very good he let us go over a couple of days before and just get the lay of the land and Corsica and do a little bit more extra recce. Um, but it's a team effort. You know, it, it's a single driver and co-driver, but it is, it's the team that keeps you going. And I wanted to do I wanted to finish and get, get the, not just for myself, but the team, the whole team. Because that was, that was a big effort to, to do World Championship events and do, a, you know, to, to, to get a World Championship drive. I was the only one in Britain to do that that year, so uh, I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't want to let them down. I wanted that championship so much. It's so
0: great that you did it for the team as well as yourself. But how did it feel when you collected that trophy?
1: Oh, the team were over, over the moon. They were so pleased. I mean, it's a big lift for them. You know, they've travelled the world like us, and uh, they they leave the families, and you know, it's pretty tough for them as well. And just it was it was just a big party after that and it it was great everybody was just so pleased for us and you know they they respected us fighting so hard after having such a big accident so it was it was nice it was all good
0: I have to ask you and I hate I do hate it when people ask me about this women in motorsport thing so do forgive me but do you feel that you had to try and get that extra respect or did you just feel like everyone was
1: yeah no absolutely it's always the same you know early on i i had the best of both worlds really um in the old in the old days you know wasn't that long ago was, there was no um kind of running and being in gyms and whatever you know roger clark and russell and all that there were there were great guys great drivers but probably not as fit then. Nobody took it as well they took it seriously. don't get me wrong. but there was no more uh, thing satisfying for me than to, to be beating the boys at, at, at the boys on the boys sport you know and it's always been that way. it's always been that way. but now I think it's, it's become a little bit more acceptable for women in motorsport. Um, but don't get me wrong. you know they still don't like being beat by a woman.
0: No, I guess if you had brothers, you kind of grew up against trying to be the yeah. best
1: Well, you know, there was eight kids in our house. Oh, my goodness, so, I didn't realise. So, so, you know, survive, survival of the fittest, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that that uh, World Championship uh, title, you know, we were the first to bring a WRC title to, to Britain. And, okay. you know, it, sometimes you feel that maybe well it was a title it was it was great for us it was great for us but you know we still had to finish in the top 20 and we still had to be be the top lady and you know it wasn't you get no points if you were out in the top 20 um so it was still pretty tough and yet we we were only out there to do seven rallies so we kind of had to finish and get results so it was it was pretty stressful at times
0: well, that kind of leads in nicely to my next question, really. How did you deal with that extra pressure of being such a standout competitor?
1: That, that, that to me, wasn't real real pressure. The pressure, to me, is when you're in the car, getting your results, getting your points. And, and, and the, the, the media were always very good to us. Uh, they never gave us any kind of rotten interviews or bad-mouthed us, so... It wasn't really a a problem I I never really gave it a thought Um, but you know when we actually got the world championship in in, uh, Harrogate I think it was it was it was the the media was pretty you know hard going then Uh, there was lots and lots of people wanting interviews and that's the only time I ever felt a little bit pressurized into hey wait a minute you know give me time to think so, uh, but we managed. We got through that. We got through that. You need you need your publicity. You need to keep your face on that, you know, the paper, um, or you soon get forgotten about.
0: And last question: What advice would you give to up-and-coming drivers? What would you say to drivers today?
1: Well, m- female or male or everybody. Oh, let's go for female. Go for female. Believe in yourself. If you want to do it, believe in yourself and fight hard, and uh, get as much information and practice and help as you can. That's, that's, you know, rallying today is completely changed when I started. You know, rallies. I, I did a circuit of Ireland, and it was seven days long. Now these days are, are are just short, you know. Um, so you've not got a big space to to. Uh, you have to be more a sprinter than a than a long distance uh, driver nowadays. So when uh, you get up and get in that car, you start from the very second you're in it. You know, don't don't get settled in, just go for it, because they they really are quite difficult sprints sprint rallies nowadays. That's about it, I think.
0: And that was Louise Aiken Walker, MBE. One inspirational woman, absolutely think she's brilliant. Totally her number one fan now. The fact she said the piece of advice for any girl competing, and I think this is very, very relevant for myself, is believe in yourself and fight hard. I'm definitely taking that mentality to every single competition I do now. Thank you so much for listening. The next episode shouldn't be too long until it comes out, but as I said before, life has got very, very busy again. Um, fingers crossed, should be getting some more partners on board for my season next year. Just planning that at the moment. If you do want to get involved yourself, please do get in touch. JPAvely Motorsport is my social media, or just visit my website, www.jpavely.com. And if you're feeling really generous, please do leave a comment on whichever means you're listening to this podcast on and leave us uh, a nice five-star review please if you can that'd be great thank you so much to the podcast sponsors forest experience rally school in carno and groupie motorsport soon to become the motorsport lounge watch this space it's a unique venue for storage music a bar and uh, other interesting things for rally cars thank you so much again and speak soon